Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. into our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in the country of Uganda, East Africa, right in the middle of rainy season. And boy, is it raining. We have just been having deluges of, is it deluge? Deluge? Del, how do you, how, how, what is the plural of deluge? We've had a deluge of rain. We've had deluges of rain. I don't know. But anyway, a lot of rain. <laughs> here in this country, and uh, uh, we have uh, had some unfortunate things happen because of it, and I'll be explaining that to you here in just a little bit, but uh, what a blessing it is uh, to be able to serve the Lord here. You know, rain always reminds us, and all through Scripture, rain has always been a type or a picture of the blessings of God, and uh, it is just a a blessing every time I see rain uh, to understand that God is still there and God is still pouring out His blessings from heaven. And uh, what a blessing that that is to each and every one of us. And uh, God says it rains on the just as well as the unjust. And uh, God is good to all. God is not willing that any should perish, uh, but that all should come to repentance. And uh, so thank the Lord for that. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, praise the Lord for that promise. That is the promise that keeps me going in my Christian life. It keeps me always abounding, just understanding and knowing that my labor is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, if I'm doing what I'm doing for God and doing it for the right reason, doing it with the right motives, uh, it is not in vain. It doesn't matter who knows about it or who does not know about it. It is not in vain. So what a blessing that is. We have just had a great week this past week. Uh, it has been encouraging. We went up to Kalido. As you know, our ministry is divided into two locations uh, in this country of Uganda. In the central region, we have our ministries here in Masaka. And uh, then up in the northeastern part of the country, we have our ministry in Kalido. And uh, so every month we drive up to Kalido with our team. Uh, we have our village mentorship and assistance ministry team uh, that goes up there. We minister the churches up there. We have about 21 churches up there uh, that we're working with and teaching and training. My wife is teaching the pastor's wives. I'm teaching the men training to be pastors. And then also my sister, uh, Alicia Stences, is part of our ministry as well. And uh, she uh, teaches the churches how to have children's ministries. And uh, so we have a great time while we're up there. And uh, it is always a blessing. This past week was uh, especially interesting because because um, every time we go up there, of course, all of our different ministries, we're seeing people saved and uh, never a, a time goes by uh, in our months of ministry here we would not, where we do not see people saved. And uh, it is just a blessing to be able to continue to see people putting their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. And uh, so while we were up there, because of the rain, uh, we were able to uh, baptize in the local uh, papyrus swamp, and uh, so we went down there and uh, baptized 13 people, and uh, that was a blessing, uh, baptizing 13, and uh, the 
unfortunate thing about it was, was for some reason, uh, this time I discovered a hole in my waders. And, uh, and so by the time I got out of there baptizing 13 people, my left leg was full of water. <laughs> and so I've never had that happen before. I've, I've used waders ever since I've been in Uganda. And uh, so when I go back to the U.S. on this next furlough, we're going to have to pick up a new pair of waders. Uh, there's nothing like a feeling of carrying around a sack of water around your leg as you're trying to get up out of the swamp. And uh, But I tell you what, seeing 13 people baptized, what? A blessing that was, and uh, that was just so encouraging. And I uh, had a great week of teaching. Uh, as you remember, we're going through the chronological study of the Bible, and uh, so we finished up. Uh, we got all the way up to uh, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and uh, so we we started from Genesis, from creation to the cross, and uh, so we were able to finish up with this group of men, and uh, so it was a great time, and we really, really enjoyed it. On Friday, uh, when we finished up teaching, I went out to see one of our churches, and uh, well, these are one of the churches. As you remember, we were, uh, we are, and uh, we were still raising money for bags of cement, uh, so to help some of these churches who have been making their bricks and things, and uh, helping them to come along in their building projects. Uh, just helping them with cement. Cement is expensive for them. Uh, they can find, they can make the bricks, and uh, they can find the sand, uh, but the cement part is real expensive. For them. And so I always encourage them, hey, you get the bricks and uh, the sand, and uh, I will help you with the uh, cement. And so many of you out there contributed toward that and, and helped us to be able to purchase uh, cement for these churches. And uh, so I went out to see one of our churches. And so we went out to uh, Gadumide uh, Independent Baptist Church. Uh, Pastor uh, uh, Paolo Lastin uh, is uh, leading that ministry out there. And uh, what a blessing it was to be with him. And, uh, and then also we were able to be with one of the churches that have been started out of his uh, ministry. Uh, Brother Madoko Paolo is uh, the pastor of that church, and uh, he pastors the Buwumba Independent Baptist Church that was started out of Garumide. And uh, so it was really a special time for me because, uh, and I had one of my, my guys take the picture. I wish I could show you pictures over a podcast. I just don't have that ability, but um, I, the, he took the picture. I'm standing next to uh, Brother Kasaja Frederick, and uh, Brother Kasaja Frederick is the man that I work with up there uh, in training and starting churches up here. But Brother Kasaja Frederick was the one who influenced and started the church there in Gadumide and uh, helped begin training uh, Brother Lastin and Paolo. And then uh, standing next to Lastin and Paolo then is uh, Brother Madoko Paolo, uh, who is... Uh, out of the church at Gadumide. So you see generation after generation after generation of men being trained and churches being started out of churches. And uh, when I took that picture, I sent it to my pastor uh, in the United States, Pastor Adam, and I said, you know, Pastor, I said, this is missions in one picture. Missions in one picture. You've got the missionary training uh, Pastor 
Cassandra Frederick, Castor Cassandra Frederick, uh, starting and training in Paolo Lastin, and Paolo Lastin starting and training Mundoko Paolo in Bawumba, and uh, that is literally missions in one picture. And uh, that was just such a blessing uh, to me that week to be able to be with them and uh, encouraging uh, to uh, see the work that is going on there, see what they're doing, uh, reaching souls with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, the church there at Gadamide is uh, almost up. Uh, they've been building. Uh, they're almost up to the uh, level for the roof. And uh, so they're excited about that. And uh, so I'm. Mean, it's, it's really neat because they have a, uh, like a, wooden structure, a pole structure building that they've been meeting on. And so what they decided to do is they don't want to tear that down and they don't have room on the land to build two buildings. So what they're doing is they're building their new building up around their old building. And so if you ever saw a picture of it, you can see the walls going up and you see inside another building that's in there that they've been meeting in. And uh, so I'm ex- so excited for them and uh, what a blessing it is to be a part of these their ministries. And uh, truly many of these men that we work with deep in these villages uh, are the unsung heroes of the faith that you and I will probably never get a chance to meet or know. And uh, yet one day they will stand before the Lord and it will be amazing seeing what they have done for God and what they've accomplished for God uh, when nobody knows about it. Nobody knows their name. Nobody knows their church, their village. These people are deep in the village. And yet God is aware of what they're doing and their labor, as we say so many times, is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, so once again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your prayers uh, for our men and uh, what a blessing it is to be able to serve with them. Today I want to uh, take our Bibles and we're going to turn to two different places. We're going to start in the book of Acts and uh, then we're going to go back to the book of Nehemiah. And uh, one thing that you'll find in the ministry, and I've always found in the ministry, is you you will always have people, the Bible says in 1 John uh, chapter uh, 2, he says, they went out from us because they were not of us. And if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. And so in every ministry, you always have transition in people. And uh, some people leave well. Some people go on to other ministries. And then you always have those that uh, leave. And it seems like when they leave, their, their main duty and their job in life is to try to destroy the church that they left. And, uh, and it's no different here in Uganda. Uh, we started out with 60 men uh, up there in Kalido, and, uh, and now we're down to about 23 uh, men that are working with churches. And uh, some of those men left. Uh, they saw they weren't going to get money. They saw we weren't going to build their buildings. And uh, so they left. Some of them, we found out they were just in it for the money. And, uh, and so instead of leaving gracefully, instead of going, I mean, Uganda is a very big country, and, and uh, you can go wherever you want to in this country and start a church, but it just seems like uh, when they leave the ministry, when they left our ministry, they they seem to have taken it upon themselves as their duty and ministry to backbite and destroy uh, the ministries that they left. And sadly, 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 uh, we've seen this in missionaries, uh, missionaries that you would think, hey, these are supposed to be the cream of the crop. We've seen missionaries do this here in Uganda. Uh, We've seen nationals do this and no doubt out in your ministries in America, you've seen the same thing happen in your church. And so my question is, is how how do you abound 
when the enemy is trying to destroy you? I mean, how do you abound when in the face of the enemy? How do you abound and keep on going uh, when people are literally actively trying to destroy you? They're trying to destroy your reputation. They're trying to destroy your ministry. And uh, so how do you keep on going? Well, uh, we've got a particular man up in Calido that is doing just this. And so he's, he's, He's uh, telling people all around the different villages that our church, you know, believes it's okay to have homosexuals in the church, and our church believes that it's okay to have, uh, you know, that our church doesn't help people, and our churches uh, just wants uh, the Ugandans to stay poor, and and just all kinds of ridiculous. Uh, lies that he's spreading, trying to destroy the reputation of our ministry up there, trying to destroy the reputation of our churches. And uh, and so our men uh, up there, they know this man. He was once part of our ministry. He was once a part of what we were doing. And uh, so I believe that it was necessary for me to uh, to adopt a principle that Paul brings out. Sometimes you got to name names. And uh, Paul was not above naming names when it came to protecting the people from the wolves. And uh, he would over and over in many of his books, he would say, watch out for this person, watch out for this person. And uh, and he named their names and people knew who they were talking about. And, uh, and so I named names and I said, hey, this guy is out there. He's a snake in the grass. He's a wolf. And uh, you better be careful. And uh, we explained what he was doing uh, so that we could warn our pastors uh, so that he would not uh, come in and try to influence their ministries. And so I tried to leave them with an encouragement and, and say, hey, you know what? In the ministry, there are going to be men who turn their back on the ministry and they will still claim to be in the ministry. They will still claim to serve God, uh, but then turn right around and try to destroy you and destroy everything that you stand for and everything that you work for. And so what do you do? How do you keep going when you've got people that every step you try to take, they come behind you and they try to pull the rug out and try to destroy what you're trying to do? And uh, so I brought this message to them, and I, I just want to share it with you today. And it's just simply entitled, how do, you, how do you always abound? How do you abound in the face of the enemy? How do you abound uh, when people are actively trying to destroy your reputation, destroy your testimony, destroy what you're trying to accomplish for the Lord Jesus Christ? And I believe the Bible gives gives us some very, very good illustrations of what we need to do. Uh, Let's just start off uh, in Acts chapter 20, and then we're going to go to the book of Nehemiah. Uh, The Bible says in Acts chapter 20, verse number 28, he's talking to the elders that have come from Ephesus. These are the church uh, leadership there. And uh, he is warning them here in verse number 28. He says, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Now watch verse 29. And verse 29 is, is just, there's some words in here that are just interesting words. He says, for I know this, all right, this is, this is going to happen. Uh, don't, don't be surprised when it happens. Paul knew it was going to happen. It happens in every church. It happens in every ministry. There is not one church that is worth its salt that this has not happened in. He says, for I know this, that after my departing, all right. When the when the strong leadership leaves, when the strong leadership that that can spot the wolves leaves, he says, "I know this that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in 
among you, all right? Circle that word among, all right? These are going to be coming in among you. They're going to be in your Bible institutes. They're going to be in your Bible college. They may be, even be a member of your church. They're going to come among you. And notice in verse number 30, also of your own selves. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to the elders from Ephesus, all right? These are pastors. These are church leaders. And he says, of your own selves. In other words, those that were fellow leaders with you, those that were fellow pastors with you, he says, of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. That's their purpose. They are going to twist things. They're going to twist the truth. They're going to twist doctrine. They're going to twist whatever is necessary to conform it to their own idea in order that they may draw disciples after them. We would call that a church split. We would call that a ministry split. We would call that someone that is coming in, undermining a ministry, and uh, trying to destroy it. And we know, according to the book of Proverbs, the Bible says that someone who is trying to sow discord among the brethren, God hates it. But, so we know what's going to happen. Paul warned that it would happen. And uh, you and I, in the have we've been in the ministry for any length of time, we've seen it happen, and we've seen it happen in our own churches. So what do we do? That's the question that we want to look at today. How can I continue abounding in the work of the Lord when I've got the enemy that is facing me every single day trying to destroy everything that I do? Well, I believe that Nehemiah is a great example of this. And so take your Bibles to to the book of Nehemiah. And uh, again, I'm sure that you understand, you know the story of Nehemiah, and uh, you know what Nehemiah went through, you know his purpose, Artaxerxes has sent him to build the walls and to do the work there, and in application, we understand that the work that we do and what we're trying to build uh, is the church of God. We're trying to build upon the foundation that was laid uh, by the apostles and the prophets. The Bible says, let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. And so we are builders. We are building a work for God. We're building a ministry. We're building a church. And uh, and so I think it's a very good application. Nehemiah was building a physical wall. And uh, you and I today in application are building a spiritual building, a, a spiritual house, uh, the church of God. And so the applications we can see in this are just absolutely astounding. And so I want to look at these uh, very quickly, if I could. And uh, in these next few minutes, I want to give you seven ways to stand up and abound in the work of the Lord when faced with the enemy. And uh, I know when I said seven things, you think, oh my goodness, this podcast is going to go for an hour and a half. I'm going to give them to you quickly because the Word of God is is very simple, very basic. And uh, if you have a pen, you can write these down and even develop them later. Now, so Nehemiah comes into uh, Jerusalem, the walls are broken down, the gates are burned with fire, and uh, God has put upon his heart to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. As soon as he comes into Jerusalem, as soon as he crosses the river, as soon as he gets in, the enemy 
comes right, I mean, face to face. And from the time that Nehemiah started to the time that he ended, all the way to the end of the book of Nehemiah, uh, these same men are doing everything they can within their power to discourage and to try to keep Nehemiah from doing the work that God has called him to do. And so let's look at these things and uh, let's see what how we can respond and how we can learn from the book of Nehemiah. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse number 9, he says, Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Now that, that astounds me. That astounds me that when when you try to help people and you try to do good for people, uh, how in the world does that grieve your heart? You know, whether it's in America or whether it's here in Uganda, it's a big country. If, if you don't like what I'm doing, if you don't like how I'm trying to help people, if you don't like how I'm trying to minister to people, go someplace else and do it the way you want it. Why do you have to destroy me? Why does it, why does it even concern you uh, the way I'm doing it? Just, if you feel you're doing right, if you feel that you're following the plan that God has for your life, then go someplace and do a work for God. I have said that to missionaries here in Uganda. I've said that to nationals here in Uganda. Hey, you don't need to build on another man's foundation. And if you can't build on that man's foundation, then you try to destroy that man's foundation. Go someplace and do something for God. But here comes a man who is concerned for the welfare of the children of Israel, and the Bible says it grieved their hearts. Now, we're going to have to understand that when you have a desire to serve God and you have a desire to accomplish something for God, people are going to be grieved about that, and you, you just need to accept that. Understand that not everyone is going to be excited about your ministry. Not everyone is going to be excited about what you want to do for God. So the Bible says in verse 11, So I came to Jerusalem and was there certain days, and I arose in the night, I and some few men with me, neither told I any man what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, neither was there any beast with me save the beast that I rode upon. Now here's the first thing I want you to see today. How do you abound in the face of the enemy? You need to settle in your heart that this is what God wants you to do. I am not in the ministry. I am not in Masakat, Uganda, halfway around the world from the United States of America to please man. I am not here to for the people of Uganda. I am not here to establish a reputation for key stenses. I am here because God has put it in my heart to do this work. And so I am doing this work to please him. I'm doing this work to accomplish the work that he has called me to do. It doesn't matter who is happy with it. It doesn't matter who it grieves. It doesn't matter who might like it or dislike it. I know what God has put in my heart to do, and I am going to accomplish it. And so when I'm faced with the enemy and when I'm faced with people, I don't care if they're missionaries, I don't care if they're nationals, I don't care if they're family members, I don't care who they are, in the, when you face the enemy and, they, and it grieves them because of what you're doing, you better settle in your heart, this is what God has called me to do, this is the work that God has given me to accomplish, and I am going to do it to please him and not please anybody else. You better have that settled in your heart. He says, I did not tell any man what God had put in my heart 
to do. This work that Nehemiah was doing was not something that was going to help him be better. It was not something that was going to help, uh, you know, it wasn't going to overthrow the, the Persian empire. It was a work that God had put in his heart to do. And so he was going to accomplish it. So the first thing you have to understand when you're faced with the enemy and you still want to abound in the work of the Lord, you better settle in your heart what God has put in your heart to do. Now look down in verse number 17. We'll look at the second thing. All right, they're continuing to ridicule. They're continuing to mock. He meets with the people of Israel. Notice what Nehemiah says in verse 17. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good unto me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hand for the good work. Verse 19, but when Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the Lord? Notice verse number 20, then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. So here comes Sanballat and Tobiah. Not only did it grieve them in heart, but now they are openly despising those that would try to do something for God. And so what does Nehemiah, how does Nehemiah respond to that? When people are despising you, when they're mocking, notice they laughed us to scorn and despised us. They are literally mocking. They're literally making fun. They're mocking them with questions. What is this thing that you do? Are you really thinking you're going to rebel against the king? And so what did Nehemiah said? Nehemiah said, listen, let us rise up and build. You know what you got to do? And, and I know this sounds so simple, but when the enemy is coming against and trying to stop, you just got to stay focused on the work. You got to stay focused on the work. You cannot let those out there that would despise and mock and make fun of. And, and sadly, in our world today of social media, people don't even have the guts to come to you face to face and mock you and despise you. Uh, now they just put it on social media and uh, everybody sees it out there and, and it, it, it is a mockery. But you know what? Again, you've got to stay focused. If God has put this work on your heart, you've got to have the same attitude. Hey, God is going to prosper us. This thing that we're doing is of God. And so we, his servants, we're just going to rise up and build. It doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what anybody tries to discourage us to do. All right, let's look at the third thing. Look over in chapter 4 chapter 4, and uh, look in verse number 1. But it came to pass that when Sanballat, here they come again, when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he 
he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of their captivity. Cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. Watch verse number six. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Now they're mocking not what needs to be done. Now they are mocking what has been accomplished. Now they're saying, ah, yeah, we see the wall that you built. Even a fox can knock that wall down. And so, again, a lot of times people will, number one, they'll start mocking when they hear of your plan. Well, this is my ministry, and uh, this is what I'd like to see accomplished. This is what I'd like to see do. I'd like to start this church. I'd like to start this Sunday school class. I'd like to do A, B, C, D. And uh, people will mock you for what you want to do. And that's what they did in chapter 2. Now we come to chapter 4. They're starting to work on the wall. The wall is going up. The wall is starting to be joined together. And now they're mocking what has been done. And so once again, what do you do? Notice what Jeremiah said, verse number 6. So built we the wall. Keep on going. Keep on doing the work. Do not let the words of people keep you from doing the work of God. Don't let what people say on social media, don't let what people say to you uh, personally, uh, do not let these things stop you from doing the work of God. When you have in your heart, and that that is the key verse, uh, Nehemiah knew this is what God had put in his heart to do, and nothing was going to stop it. Laugh all you want, mock all you want, despise uh, the, what we're doing, ask these crazy questions, uh, compare us to uh, a wall that a fox can knock down, do whatever you want to do, but we are going to keep building a wall because the people had a mind to work. You've got to have it settled in your mind. You've got to have it settled in your heart. This is what God's called me to do. And so in the face of the enemy, I am going to keep moving forward. I am going to keep abounding in what God has called me to do. They had a mind to work. They abounded. They kept on going. They saw the goal in mind. This is what we have got to do. And so we will continue to do it. Now notice down there in verse number seven. Verse number seven, but it came to pass that when Sanballat, the Ammonite, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, that they were very wroth, and they conspired all of them together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. Now notice uh, fourthly here what they're doing. Now they are conspiring to hinder the work of God. You know what's amazing to me is that uh, the enemy will always start out maybe one or two people, but then what the enemy tries to do is they try to make a conspiracy. They try to get other people to join with them. They try to say, hey, you know, uh, you need to come join our side. And, and, you know, pastor is not doing this, this, and this right. And, or this Sunday school teacher is not doing this right. And so they get together and they conspire. And that conspiracy leads to a desire to fight and hinder the work of God. So what do you do? He says, nevertheless, we made our prayer under our God and set a watch. Doesn't that sound familiar? When Jesus Christ was with the disciples in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane and he told them, watch 
and pray. Watch and pray. Don't stick your head in the sand and, and don't, don't, don't think that the enemy is going to stop. The enemy's out there and you need to be prepared, prepared for them and you need to be uh, doing everything you can to protect the sheep and protect the testimony of your church. You need to do all that. Watch. Be ready to ward off the enemy, but at the same time, you need to make your prayer unto God. Watch and pray. So what did Nehemiah do in the face of the enemy? He says, all right, we're going to pray. We're going to take our petition to God, and then we're going to watch. And you go down the rest of the chapter, and they set some builders. They set some workers. You had one person had a, had a trowel in his hand for building and a sword on his side. They were ready for the enemy, uh, but they took their prayer unto God, all right? And they just kept building. They kept building. Get on your knees. God, the enemy is out there. God, the enemy is trying to fight me. My flesh is fighting me. The world is fighting me. Satan is fighting me. Church members are fighting me. The the disgruntled people that have left our church, they're trying to fight me. My family's trying to fight me. But Lord, I'm on my knees pleading for you. God, help me to stay faithful. Help me to continue going. Help me to not quit. Help me to keep doing the work that you put on my heart to do. And God, God, I'm going to be faithful to watch. I'm going to be faithful to prayer, and I'm just going to keep going, and I'm going to determine to finish the wall. So what do you do when the in the face of the enemy? How do you abound in the face of the enemy? Well, number one, we said settle in your heart what God has put in your heart to do. Number two, just have the attitude, we're going to rise up and build. That We're going to move forward. It doesn't matter what they say. Number three, we're going to have a mind to work, a mind to work that says, hey, we've settled in our heart what God wants us to do. Now it's settled in our mind what we're going to do. We're not going to stop working. Number four, we said you need to watch and pray. Keep on going. Take your petition to the Lord. Let God help you find your fight, fight your battles. Well, let's look at number five. I said there were seven, so we're almost there. Number five, look in chapter six. Chapter six, and uh, verse number one, chapter six and verse number one. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah, the Geshem, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left their end. Remember chapter four, they were joining the walls together. Uh, so now chapter six, there's no breach, though at that time I had not yet set the doors upon the gates. That Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me saying, come and let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. Here's what the enemy will do. The enemy will say, hey, if we can't discourage them with words, if we can't discourage them with mockery, then uh, then let's try to meet together. Let's see what we can negotiate. Let's see if we can do some compromising here. And, and the enemy will literally try to get you to meet with them and try to get you to see their side of things. And, and that they will try to uh, influence you to see their point of view. And, and so, you know, let's, let's just, you know, we see your point. We see what you're trying to do, but we want you to see what we're trying to do. And, and, and let's see if we can come together in a compromise. And yet Nehemiah understood that though they wanted to now meet, 
you know, hey, listen, when you're when you spend all your time despising and mocking and laughing and making fun, don't think that all of a sudden they have a change of heart and they say, oh, now we want to work together and now uh, we want to talk together because you know we think we can make this thing work. Hey, listen, you, you, if they have already shown their colors, do not meet with them. All right. You're wasting your time. And Nehemiah said, listen, I am doing a great work. I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I come down and meet with you? Nehemiah had set a great principle here. Listen, when the enemy wants to meet with you, leave them alone. Ignore them. Don't even get near the enemy. They are going to cause more harm than good. They want to draw you into their fellowship. They want to do mischief to you in the guise of trying to meet with you. And it, and it's it, it's the same thing here. I've seen it in Uganda. I've seen it with missionaries. I've seen it with uh, with nationals here. When, when you've got the disgruntled ones that go out there, here's what they always want to do. They want to meet together. Hey, let's come and talk about this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Hey, if they have already shown their colors to be who they really are, they're a snake in the grass. They are out there to destroy you. They're a wolf and don't be brought in by their kind words. All right. They are just seeking to do you mischief. And so what do you do? Don't let the work cease. Don't stop and meet with them. Recognize they are the enemy. They will always be the enemy. If they really want to do something, if they really want to accomplish something, let them go someplace else and prove it in another place, but don't bring them anywhere near you. Don't bring them anywhere near your sheep. Leave them alone. Don't even work with them. You've got a work to do, so let's abound in the work of the Lord. Amen? Well, let's go down in uh, verse number 5. Then Samballot, the servant, sent, sent unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter, right? So four times they sent a letter saying, hey, Nehemiah, uh, we want you to meet with us. And uh, Nehemiah answered four times, no, I'm not going to let the work of God cease and come down and meet with you. Notice what he says here. Then said Samballot, his servant unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written, it is reported among the heathen, and Gashmu saith it. Uh, who is Gashmu? I mean, because Gashmu said that it has to be true. Uh, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> you know. Sometimes people are. I'm, I'm hard on people. Ah, it's reported among the heathen, and Facebook saith it, Google saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel for which cause thou buildest the wall that thou mayest be their king, according to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There's a king in Judah, and now shall it be reported to the king, therefore, to these words. Come now, therefore, let us counsel together. Then I sent to them, saying, there, hath, there are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. You know what the enemy is going to try to do? The enemy is going to spread false information. They're going to try to destroy your reputation. They know, hey, the mocking has not worked. The despising has not worked. The laughing has not worked. The mockery has not worked. And we've tried to meet with him. He won't meet with us. And so now let's try to destroy his reputation. Let's try to influence his, his appeared motives. 
And so they said, ah, Nehemiah, we know. And notice they sent this as an open letter. So everyone's reading this. He's sending it to Nehemiah, but it's it's so that everybody can see, hey, we know the real reason you're here. And uh, this is commonly reported amongst the heathen. The heathen know this. The lost people know this. And uh, Gashmu saith that, 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 that this is true, that you and the Jews are only thinking about rebelling. And that's why you're building the walls. You're going to set yourself up as king. And uh, and you've even sent out prophets to preach and prophesy that you're going to be the next king. And what did Nehemiah say? He said, listen, you feigned these things out of your own heart. These are lies of the devil. These are things that you have made up. And once again, I am not going to stop the work to come and meet with you. Nehemiah did not let the tarnished or the 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 uh, attempted tarnished reputation of these men upon himself to keep him from doing the work. He said, listen, you've done this to try to hurt me. You've done this to try to bring my reputation down. But all of this thing is out of the faintness of your heart, the hypocrisy of your heart. And so Nehemiah said, I'm just going to strengthen my hands. Notice in verse number nine, for they all made us afraid, saying their hands shall be weakened from the work that is not done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Say, God, give me the strength. Don't let me stop. I, I know what they're saying about me. I know the lies they're spreading about me. I know what they're writing about me. I know what they're posting about me. I know what they're calling people about, Lord. I know all of this, but God, you strengthen my hands and help me keep going. You strengthen my my hands, help me not to quit. Help me to continue abounding in the work that you have called me to do. Now notice the last thing here, number seven, verse number 10. Afterward, I came into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Delai, the son of Mehetabiel, who was shut up. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God. All right. Well, you won't meet with us in the village. So let's, uh, let's meet in the house of God. Let's meet in the temple. Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us shut the doors of the temple for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. And I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he had pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. So here's what their plan is. Hey, you know, let's uh, let's tell uh, Nehemiah, hey, you know, your life is on the line. People are trying to kill you, and uh, and we're here to protect you, and uh, we're here to protect what you're trying to do. We want to protect your ministry. We want to protect your life. And so let's let's come and let's meet in the temple. Let's meet in the house of God. And Nehemiah saw right through it. He says, I know you've been hired by Sambal and Tobiah, and your only desire is to come and get me to a place where you can kill me. He says, who am I that I should go into the temple? I will not go in. Notice verse number 14. My God, think thou upon Tobiah and Sambalat according to these their works, and on the prophetess Nodiah and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. Now watch verse number 15. So the wall was finished in the 20 and fifth day of the month, uh, Elul, in 50 and two days. Nehemiah did an incredible work, an incredible feat to build a wall. And these are not just, you know, six, 12 inches wall. These walls are, are anywhere from six feet to 15 feet thick. 
All right, this is this is unbelievable that he could do this in fifty-two days. But in all of those fifty-two days, every step of the way, the enemy was there. Every step of the way, the discouragement was there. And yet we find Nehemiah being able to do a work that is unmatched by any other building program than you and I have ever heard of. There is no way that that type of wall could be built that quickly and and that securely and the gates hung up and all of that done in 52 days. You know how that happened? Because Nehemiah didn't let the enemy discourage him. He didn't let the enemy bother him. And so in the face of the enemy, the enemy's going to be there. You're not going to stop the enemy. The enemy is going to be there every step of the way. But both you and I have got to determine that whether I'm in missions or whether I'm a pastor, whether I'm a Sunday school teacher, whatever ministry that I'm in, whether I'm a soul winner, a street preacher, whatever it is, the enemy is always going to be there. And I have got to determine in my heart, I know this is what God wants me to do. There's no doubt about it. And so therefore, I am going to determine that every step of the way I will always abound in the work of the Lord. Amen. So let's review these things. Seven things very quickly. What do we do when we are facing the enemy? How do we abound in the face of the enemy? Number one, settle what God has put in your heart. Settle that. I know this is what God wants me to do. Number two, determine I'm going to rise up and build. I am going to get in the work. I'm going to strengthen my hands for the work. I am going to do the work that God called me to do no matter what. When they mock what you've done, hey, settle in your mind. I've got a mind to work. I'm going to keep on going. I'm not going to let them affect my mind. I'm not going to let them discourage my mind. I'm not going to let them play with my mind. I am going to keep on going on. Number four, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Again, don't put your head in the sand and don't say, well, you know, I know they're out there, but, you know, who cares? No, you need to watch out for your flock. You need to watch out for your people. Watch out for your ministry. Be willing to warn them. Watch and pray. Get along with God. Get on your knees before God. God, help me to keep abounding in the face of the enemy. Uh, number five, when they want to meet with you, hey, don't, don't let anything stop you from the work. Don't compromise. Don't try to fit in with the enemy. Don't try to give in to the enemy in any way. Do not compromise. Do not let the work cease. And then number six, we said strengthen your hands. Strengthen your hands. They're going to spread false information. They're going to try to destroy your reputation. You've got to strengthen yourself in the Lord. You've got to strengthen yourself in the Lord and you've got to go on. You can't stop. The work that we're doing for God is too important. It is too great to allow the enemy to try to stop us from going on. And then lastly, number seven, when they try to offer you false protection, just keep building. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, we're, they'll even try to be religious. You know, let's meet together and let's have, uh, let's meet at the church and let's, let's try to have some spiritual leadership, you know, try to work this out with us. Uh-uh. Don't, don't even follow it. Hey, listen, you know what God's called you to do. You know the direction that God's called you to go. And again, the enemy has already proven themselves to be who they are. Don't be sucked in. That's the way wolves operate. They are, she- they are wolves in sheep's clothing. And so don't even give them the time of the day. You say, well, well, how do I know if they're true or not? Let them go someplace else and do something for God. And if they prove that they're doing something for God, then maybe we can talk. 
but not until then. If you have just been trying to destroy me, if you've just been trying to laugh and despise everything that I do, and then all of a sudden you want to talk to me, and all of a sudden you want to meet in the house of God, no, 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 that's that's not going to work. I'm not going to waste my time with it. I am going to determine, number seven, to finish the wall, to finish the wall. And then look back and be able to say, wow, 52 days, God had to be the one that strengthened our hands to do that. That's an impossible feat. That's a feat that is just unmatched by by any other building program that we've known or heard about. 52 days to build a wall around an entire city. What an amazing thing that God allowed them to do. But he did not stop in the face of the enemy. As a matter of fact, as you go through the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah abounded in the work. He abounded in the work that God gave him to do in the face of of the enemy. Amen. Keep on going. The enemy's going to be there. I mean, every step of the way, if you're doing something for God, they're going to be there. Satan is going to try to hinder you. The world is going to try to hinder you. People are going to try to hinder you. You have got to keep in your heart. This is what God's called me to do. I am not going to stop. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you so much for tuning in again today to this podcast. And I hope and pray uh, that it continues to be a help and a blessing to you and your family. If you have not done so already, let me encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Wherever your podcast platform is, just simply hit that subscribe button. And every Friday, uh, we upload a new podcast for your encouragement. And I hope that we're a blessing as well to you and your family. If you have some people, friends, family, whatever, on social media that's out there, that uh, might uh, be helped and blessed and encouraged uh, by this podcast. And uh, let me encourage you to send them a link to it and uh, maybe we can help them and encourage them to always abound in the work of the Lord. Be praying for us. Uh, We are planning on our furlough coming up in uh, 2024. We'll be going there, uh, heading back there the last week of the month of May. And so pray as we get meetings set up in the United States, pray as we um, get things wound up here in preparation for our absence. Uh, Pray that in all of that, God gives us the wisdom uh, that we need. Amen. Thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your faithful support. You're such a blessing to us. And I hope and pray that we can continue to represent you. We can represent Jesus Christ uh, in a godly, righteous way here in the country of Uganda, continue to reach Ugandans with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God bless you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful day in the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host, or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.